Welcome to Viewpoints listeners. I'm your host, Henry Gross. It gives me great pleasure to welcome again to Viewpoints, Dr. David Roy, who's a lecturer in the School of Education at the University of Newcastle, New South Wales. Welcome again to Viewpoints, Dr. David Roy. Henry, as always, it's a pleasure to be here and talk with you and and to your listeners. And it's always a pleasure to chat with you too. Now, we were talking off air before. Um, Newcastle is in New South Wales. It's not Sydney, but um, in terms of COVID, uh, the scenario has changed dramatically in the last two or three weeks in, in your mm-hmm. state. It's, um, it's been interesting. We, we had one or two little scares just in the past two days. Um, with potential COVID cases in Newcastle, where we seem to be fine. There is a hot spot of our garage where, so unsurprisingly, some removalists uh, who seem to be um, not just shifting people's goods, but also shifting people's bacteria or viruses around uh, visited as well. But we seem to be okay here in Newcastle. As for the state itself, I don't see it getting any better. Um, it seems that the virus doesn't quite understand that a soft lockdown uh, is meant to stop it doing things. Uh, and it's a hard lockdown that seems to work. That's what we've seen internationally. It's what we've seen in Australia when states have done a hard lockdown. Short, sharp, sweet. Here we are dragging out and spending money or losing money by the bucket because people don't have the political will to just actually mask up and stop going out. It doesn't mm. take much. It's a, bit, it's a bit sad, really. Yes, and um, the, the politics, uh, the politics of dealing with the pandemic, I think, uh, in our country and, and others, um, but particularly in a country that's got uh, a number of federa- it's a federation of states with a, a separation of responsibilities that overlap, um, we've been found out very much there with the inconsistencies across the country. And in, as you say, in your case, probably a different approach to what the uh, the premiers in most of the other states have been doing. It doesn't appear well, to be working. It doesn't, and it seems to be a, a giant political social experiment at the expense of the people. All it shows to me is that when you have strong leadership, um, you seem to get results, and when you have weak leadership, then you don't. And that includes weak opposition as well, because it must be stated that the places that seem to be making mistakes are have weakness on all sides of the political spectrum um, up here in New South Wales and federally. So I just think it's the Australian people that will actually manage to carry this forward more than some of our political leaders. Um, but we will survive because look at what we managed to do as a nation in the first year of COVID. Um, we will overcome this. I have a great belief in people and the fact that the majority of them do have a decent education because we have a great education system in Australia, can read and can learn and realise what we need to do for the betterment of all community. Now, now in your role um, as a tertiary educator at the University of Newcastle, I'm, I'm aware that uh, you've been now remote te- uh, lecturing, teaching. Yeah. And some of your students are music teachers. How do you manage that? Music well, yes, I, I, I was doing that this very more uh, just just recently, um, taking my creative arts class, and I was taking the, the music class, and um, we talk a lot about we use YouTube videos. We um, I do demonstrations, and I actually get them to pull out objects from around their house, and it becomes more than just using, say, a guitar or a piano. Though I get them to download a free piano onto their devices because there's ones available. There's one called Virtuoso. It's a wonderful little thing. But we also do rhythm. 
and I find that all objects around your house have different acoustics. So I use what is around the house uh, almost in, in the same way that, say, someone who homeschools would do and discover and get them to explore the sounds and create sounds that way. The only problem is trying to do any ensemble work because of the lack of a decent internet, NBN, which is another political failure from our, our, our lovely politicians. We can't quite get precise timing together, but we get there and we, we work through the theory and the ideas and use humour. And, and I guess it's goodwill on all sides. That, that's the wonderful thing I love about teaching is, is when you can engage the kids or the students and, and they're engaged back, then you try all together to work through the challenges to find a solution. Because the students I teach also know that the teachers in the classroom are teaching remotely. They have these very same problems. So we're kind of, again, all in it together. You, you work the best you can with the limitations that you have. And it's amazing how creative you can be through the kind of, I guess, the, the barriers and the boundaries that we have within a learning experience. That's when the greatest creativity can happen, to make something out of less rather than just having too much money and you end up making, let's just say, an Amazon spaceship that has a visual look towards it, which I don't think will be on any picture postcards soon. Absolutely. From your perspective as a lecturer, um, there's always been a lot of talk about the future of learning becoming more and more online. We've now had the mm -hmm. pandemic uh, thrust upon us and we've been sort of forced into more online teaching, uh, both at schools and unis. Um, looking forward to, say, post-pandemic, uh, post uh, what do you see the mix and what do you see as the benefits and challenges of online online learning? I think this is one of the the, the the silver linings we have found from this is that the blended learning experience can work, but I, I always will counter it with it being blended. The, the key thing, and it's always been key in the classroom, but when 30 years ago when I first started teaching all the way through to now and we're doing it online, is the relationship that the person teacher has with the individual students and how you create that on a face-to-face. -face. And so while we might use technology as a tool, it's still the human contact within the use of that tool that makes education work. We, we need people. Computers cannot do this because if they could, we'd have one computer program teaching 10,000 people at once. And that's not what happens. So for some kids, the, the kind of online experience is helping them because they can actually really spend time in their house focusing on it, not being distracted. The schools as an institution aren't necessarily warm for them it's more almost like a prison and, and I can hear them talking about that for others it's making them appreciate the the investment that people have into buildings and classrooms and people and the best thing about it all is it's shown that we are adaptable we are able to teach through both and I, it really upsets me when I read the media from journalists and from politicians and, and people not in education that here's another four months or another six weeks of our children not having education. They are learning. Our kids are learning all the time with teachers in their house and teachers are making such an effort to kind of engage and keep children learning in that experience. It's just a different way of learning but they are still growing and developing. And I, I see that with my students. So I, I, I have hope. I know we need to get back to some face-to-face, -face, but 
but that mix and maybe giving that opportunity for some children who thrive more in the remote learning experience to be allowed to do that and have that flexibility while still being attached to school rather than a, a, a kind of isolated rem distance learning program is, is a good thing. So I'm looking forward to the day when you go to your school, Henry, and that you are in part of either the remote class or the face-to-face -face class, but still part of the whole class and part of that school and the ethos of caring that comes from teachers and all the staff within the school to support you. Mm, interesting. Now, down here in Victoria, we've had uh, feedback from some of our tertiary students, um, and it's obviously not the University of Newcastle, but there's mixed feedback from the tertiary students on how they're finding um, working almost entirely remotely in their mm -hmm. courses there. Some of them are saying that um, they're really missing that direct contact with their lecturers and tutors that, uh, yeah. that's vital. Yeah, and, and I, I feel that up here as well. And I think that's why for many of us, and not all of us, because some people are adapting. Um, I, I'm, I've always been coming from a creative arts world and an inclusion world. It's always been about adapting to the students' needs. I just make sure that the mental health of my kids are there first or my students. And I'm continually contacting them through email and, and organising many Zoom meetings to check in with how they're progressing the way that you could do in a face-to-face -face more. Um, and I think it's that importance of kind of being adapting and how you interact with your students and, and continually touching base with them and reaching out to them to say, what do you need? How can I better support you? It's the same way that as a teacher, if ever a child in the classroom didn't understand a concept, my first go-to would be, what could I do better to help that kid? before I turn around and say to that kid, you need to work harder. Always look at yourself reflectively. And if you know that you're doing what you can do to the best of your ability, then you say, okay, now what does that, that child need to do as well or that student? So it's about starting from a, a position of, I guess, care and love. And, and that's what will lead students to have a good experience in tertiary or in secondary or in the primary classroom. Absolutely. We take a short break, David. Can you hold the line? Of course. Welcome back to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Grosek. I'm in a discussion with Dr. David Roy, who's a lecturer in the School of Education at University of Newcastle on all things education and uh, COVID-19. Welcome back, uh, David. Hi, great to be here still. David, now um, you sent me a piece to read that uh, I, I know as an educator I found very useful and I, I'm sharing it with my staff and that was um, how to see mask wearing as an opportunity to learn. You might like to give us a bit of background on it and then we'll run through some of the, some of the strategies. Well, yeah, I mean, if we look around the world, we're finding that, like announced yesterday in America, there's a recommendation for children to be wearing masks in the classroom until they are vaccinated. And even then, we've, we've always known that, um, if you look back at the Black Death, that wearing a mask was something they knew was a useful tool to stop the spread of a virus. Uh, even though we've got people complaining about masks not being able to breathe through them, which... If that is the case, then you should probably be in a hospital already if you can't breathe wearing a mask. So it was a piece to say, if we're going to have masks in the classroom, and, and some schools are not saying you have to, mandating it, but they're recommending that you're, you should feel free to wear one in the classroom, then 
we need to think about, well, how do we make that work? Because for some kids, that might be a challenge. And in particularly, those kids who rely on looking at mouths to understand what is being said, because we don't just hear words, we see words as well, because we watch the mouth movement, particularly for those children with hearing impairments um, and for some disabilities. So, and also even children who've got speech challenges, the mask can be a barrier if you have a, a stutter or other such kind of like challenges within the way you communicate. So it's, it was thinking about, well, how do we support that? And so the article in the conversation, were, um, and I pulled in my colleague, Dr. Jill Duncan, who is actually, whose expertise, um, mine, mine is in mask usage, uh, generally from performance, but across the, the way over the th hundreds and thousands of years we've been using them. But hers is within hearing impairment and, and deaf children. And we looked at, uh, we tried to give ideas of saying, like, use some technology. If you're if you're doing something on, on the, if you're talking about something, can you put it up as a recording with subtitles? Can you do it beforehand? Can you give out written work rather than speaking about it? And if you are speaking, then to use your eyes. Um, your eyes are full of expression. And we, we pick up some of the communication of what is being said through just even our eyebrows and the crunching of the eye and the, and the lines at the side and tilts of the head and your body movements. All these factors coming from, I guess, drama, also support the, the the speech from the mouth so that there's lots of little things as well as minor etiquette ideas such as when you touch a mask you know turn away from people just touch at the far edge don't touch the main mask wash your hands uh, little subtle things such as this are important i mean the best kind of mask you can have would be one of those ones where they've put a clear panel where the mouth should go but they're very unusual and they're very expensive so we do recognise that that is the ideal for it. But we have to face a reality that if we're going to have masks, we should be caring about our kids and how they use them. Even simple things such as putting on a bit of um, skin cream, a bit of moisturiser on your skin, that actually creates a barrier between your skin and a mask, which if it is not cleaned properly, the mask can build up bacteria. So that moisturiser on your skin stops bacteria going into your skin and, and giving you issues, particularly for kids, but also for adults. So there's lots of little touches we need to think about um, if we're going to engage with mask usage all the time. And to be honest, I think it's what we're going to have to do as we don't have enough vaccines and we need to make sure both the staff and the kids are safe. Mm. Now, some of the tips in there, exaggerate body language and facial expressions. These mm -hmm. are practical tips. Um, tell us a bit about that one. Well, it's, it's what I was saying before. It's like when we talk as adults, more so than for kids, but particularly for adults, more than 50% of the way we interpret communication is through non-verbal communication. It is through our eyes, it is through our gestures, it is through our body positioning. Um, one of the things you learn when you use full face masks in performance is by removing the facial expression, it forces you to consider how you use your body to communicate ideas. And it's just a lovely te teaching technique to use in all classrooms. So I would advise you to nip down to Spotlight and buy yourself some full face masks and get kids to play with it. Mm. Um, but by thinking about these, this body language, we can also then realise how to control how we want to come over to others. We want kids to communicate clearly. Part of that 
is in their physicality. And I think if we work on those areas when we've got the masks on, once the masks are removed, we'll probably actually talk in a more honest way to one another. That's a good point. It's a good point. How do you find wearing a mask? I I love it. I've been working with masks um, since the early 80s, to be honest. I'm that old. Um, Since my undergraduate years at university, um, I've had a focus on masks. My PhD was about the use of masks in the classroom um, when when I did my PhD. So this has kind of been my little world forever. Um, As much as it sounds in a slightly dark, humoured way, but part of me is overjoyed the fact we're wearing masks all the time because this is what I enjoy and, and I enjoy watching masks and what mask wearing and the interaction of people from a researcher's viewpoint and also just from an aesthetic and, and the different styles of mask that people have and the way that that can create an individualism as well as allowing others to be almost freed intellectually because when you put a mask on um, and it's why the Venetians did so in the 17th century through the masquerade and and, and through the, the festivals um, where they had, a, shall we say, a, liber- a libertarian aspect that they were freed to behave in any way across the social classes on the weekend of the May mask ball, that um, it just it frees up the individual and allows you to sometimes view others from a different empathetic perspective. And, and that's what my research found with kids in the classroom using masks that they actually started to see from other people's perspectives because they were no longer judging people on their faces. And that also included children with a disability who were often isolated, suddenly felt fully included because they couldn't be recognised. And so they were just being accepted as one of the class um, with no difference to everyone else because our faces highlight our differences. And when you mask up, it often removes our differences. It's, it's also why it's so scary and threatening, why people have been scared of, of, say, religious masks that people wear from the hijab onwards, when actually it can be quite a freeing thing, depending on your perspective and depending on the respect both the wearer and the observer have for each other. Mm, that's interesting because it's almost counterintuitive, isn't it? And you say it yeah. frees you up. Uh, counterintuitively, you, you would think, ah, uh, oh, the more, the less you see, um, the 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 more closed you are from people. Um, it doesn't uh, free you. That's what what would be the well. It's certainly in our culture the prevailing viewpoint, wouldn't it? But think think about parties and Halloween, why we dress up and we 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 disguise ourselves. It actually liberates you to be freer and and to be released. It's why superhero characters wear a mask to protect their identity. It frees them to act in certain ways because they are no longer fully identifiable. That, that is the yeah. whole power of it. Yeah, there's almost a discussion uh, in itself in that, uh, and we might, we might do that one day because mm. we often talk about how we wear uh, invisible masks through the use of the language that we do. We, yes. uh, we often say that uh, we portray many different characters of ourselves, our persona, depending on the audience through our use of language, which means it, it, we're pretending. Indeed so. If I'm if I'm stopped by a truck driver because they didn't like the way I'm driving, I will have a different persona to say if I'm stopped by a member of the police force. That's <laughs> because true. Because they didn't like the way I was driving. We all take on roles 
and, and, and regulate and change the register of our voices depending on the situation and the position you're in. At, at times I'm a father, at times I'm a child to my parents, at times I am a teacher, at times I'm an employee. So we all change our tone and register depending on what we're doing. The mask does that Absolutely. visually. Uh, time's got away from us. As always, David, uh, very enriching and nourishing our conversations. Uh, nourishing is one of my favourite words. And uh, and and, and uh, chatting with you on air always, uh, always reminds me of that word. So thank you, as always, once again. Well, listen, it's always a pleasure, Henry, and to listen to your viewers and for, for us to look at all the situations we're going through and say, let's look for the positives. So when it comes to masks, let's enjoy, as I said in the article, enjoy the masquerade. Absolutely. That was uh, Dr. David Roy, um, a lecturer in education at the University of New South Wales. We'll take a short break. Listeners, don't go away. Mm-hmm. 